up, guys? Brett Apple here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC 275 this weekend. Teixeira versus Prochaska should be a really fun card. Two title fights. Shevchenko versus Tyler Santos in the co-main, of, the co-main event as well. Also, Zhang Wai-Li, Joanna Janjacek running it back in the fight of the year from 2022. So, should be a really exciting card. As always, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week from a DraftKings perspective. Before I do, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, and let me know who your favorite play is in the 7K range. There's like six or seven legitimate fighters who can uh, i think score the upset in that range and it's probably going to be the the range that differentiates you uh from your opponent so always curious to hear your guys thoughts and without further ado let's get into my cash gameplay of the week which is going to be valentina shevchenko at 9.6k all right for cash games i think we go straight to the top of the board with valentina shevchenko at 9.6k she is a heavy favorite, minus 550 to win against Tyler Santos, who's plus 425. And it's just difficult for me to ignore the upside of Shevchenko, which is a grappling domination performance like she has done in her last, a uh, few of her last fights, landed three takedowns, seven takedowns, five takedowns three takedowns in her last four fights. She is really proving to be one of the best wrestlers in this division. Um, Very skilled everywhere, but it's been her wrestling and grappling that separated her from the pack. And she's put up some massive DraftKings scores in that time, coming off a 108-point victory, put up 139 against Jessica Andrade, and then 134 points against Jennifer Maya. That was in a decision. So from a cash game perspective, I'm looking at the fighter who is the safest fighter to win on the board based on her money line at minus 550, five rounds to work with, averaging um, 2.6 takedowns per 15 minutes against an opponent who in her one UFC loss was out grappled. I think there's definite safety and upside here from Valentina Shevchenko plus 135 to win inside the distance. Um, the fighters priced below her, Manuel Kopp, Sungwoo Choi, Brendan Allen, much less confident in. So I'd rather go all the way up to the top of the board. I think she's a lock from a cash game perspective. In tournaments though, I do think there's a legit argument to make that you should come in underweight to the field because the fighters priced right below her, Kopp, Choi, Allen, are not spectacular they don't rate out extraordinarily well from a tournament perspective i don't think they're going to be very highly owned and so people are just mostly going to pay up to shevchenko who again rates out to be very very safe and i still like shevchenko like she has that grappling domination upside but if that outcome doesn't occur, I do think this fight can play out competitively. Tyler Santos is a very good striker. She averages 3.71 significant strikes landed per minute, absorbs 2.23 per minute, 63% defensive rate, also landing 2.44 takedowns, defending at 88%. Um, Shevchenko, the one round she's lost in recent years came against Jennifer Maya, who clinched her up, took her down, held her down for a period of time. Shevchenko still went on to kind of dominate that fight, but I do think Santos has the skills to at least compete in striking exchanges. I think she has the skills to compete in clinch exchanges, potentially land a takedown of her own. Um, 
the worry mostly is in her defensive grappling and in her cardio, whereas I'm not certain that even if she has success early in the fight, that she wouldn't just gas out down the stretch and, and allow Shevchenko to take over. But from a DraftKings perspective, 9.6K, you are going to need a really, really big score from her in tournaments for her to pay off that price, especially at a heavy ownership. If she scores another 108 at 9.6K, I wouldn't be confident that's optimal because you're probably fading the knockouts from everyone else in that 9K range. Um, and at a potential very, very high ownership, it does make sense in large field tournaments, I think, to pivot away from che from Shevchenko to a degree, try and create more unique constructions. There are other fighters with decent inside-the-distance lines in this next tier. Again, Shevchenko only plus 135 to win inside the distance. That's not 50, 60, 70%. It's below 50%, and I think she's going to be very, very highly owned. She does have ways to score, but outside of consistent takedowns, tons of ground and pound, domination on the mat, there's a real question whether or not Shevchenko will end up on the optimal lineup. From a cash game perspective, I think you lock her in at 9.6K. In tournaments, in large field tournaments, on a public slate at a high ownership, I'm maybe looking to shy away a little bit to try and make myself stand out compared to the field. Next up, let's go with my tournament play of the week. I'm going to give a, a, it's probably a sneaky play. I'm not totally sure, but I'm going to roll with Steve Garcia at 8.4K. He is minus 175 to win against this newcomer, Maheshate, who is making his UFC debut coming off the Chinese regional scene. Only 6-1 professionally is Maheshate, 22 years old. And the problem with the, this play is that I don't consider Steve Garcia to be very good. Um, coming off a win against Charlie Ontiveros, who isn't very good either, and Garcia got rocked a couple times in the fight prior to that. He gave up like 14 minutes of control to Luis Pena and lost. So this is a risky play in the sense that Garcia isn't great, and Mahashate might just be a better, younger talent, might be able to land some big shots, hurt Garcia, put him away. But there's also, I think, a considerable chance that Mahashate just does not belong at the UFC level yet, doesn't have the, the volume to, to win striking exchanges over 15 minutes, just got hurt a couple times in his contender series fight. There's like no grappling footage of him out there on the regional scene, no wins by submission. And Garcia, at the very least, can strike, is aggressive, has power. He can grapple. He just outgrappled on Taveros. He has regional uh, wins like Ronnie Lawrence, who's a legit talent in the UFC right now, split decision loss to Ricky Tercios. These are terrible ways to make a pick, but give me the fighter who's fought good competition and has beaten some of them versus an opponent who's mostly fought fighters with almost no wins on their record in a very low-level regional scene. So from a tournament perspective, again, despite the risk, Garcia's plus 120 to win inside the distance, um, put up a very big score in his last fight, 116 points. That came with three takedowns and a, a TKO win on the ground. I think he has similar upside in this matchup. Hard to, be, hard to be confident, but not projecting a heavy ownership from him. Decent price at 8.4K against an opponent with not a lot of data out there, potentially a lot of vulner, vulnerabilities in his game. I'm looking to take risks in the mid-range this week, and I think Steve Garcia is a good option at 8.4K. He's going to be my tournament play of the week.
Okay, moving on to my salary play of the week. I'm going to give out Jake Matthews at 7.7K. And truthfully, there's like five or six grapplers priced below the mid-range who could definitely have success. I will be, be spreading out my exposure, but I like Matthews at 7.7K against Andre Fialo this week. He's a plus 130 underdog. Fialo coming off two first-round knockout wins, so I understand why he's favored. And Matthews is far from consistent. Um, a fighter who's you know, been, been competing in the UFC since 2014, has kind of grown up in the octagon. We've seen him lose questionable fights before questionable fight IQ, maybe not even training at the best camp where he should be. But I like his potential in this fight if he can simply survive the early exchanges against Fialo. Fialo is a very, very good kickboxer and will continue to have early knockout success. But when he doesn't win by early knockout, I fear that he's going to get tired. I fear that he's going to give up takedowns. And that's kind of what showed in his pre-UFC career as well, and even in the UFC against Michelle Pereira. He had success, won the first round, and got very tired, lost rounds two and rounds three somewhat decisively. And Matthews has power in his hands. He can wrestle, averages 1.93 takedowns per 15 minutes. Again, is not consistent or trustworthy and could get hurt by Fialo. I don't think playing Fialo in tournaments is wrong for that knockout upside, but I just think Fialo is going to be pretty popular coming off back-to-back -back KOs. And look, I mean, Fialo even gets rocked in a lot of his fights, even rocked by Cameron Van Camp in that last fight, which he won by first-round knockout. Matthews has underrated power, is still a good grappler, and We've seen Fialo in spots outside the UFC when he's tired on his back, looks very vulnerable. And and I just feel like if he doesn't come out here, have a ton of success early with power strikes, damaging Matthews, winning by knockout, he's going to slow down, going to get taken down, and probably lose this fight. And Matthews at 7.7K, um, despite the risk, despite the question marks, still has upside. If he wins, I think it's going to either come by knockout or come from takedowns, uh, control, ground and pound, potentially even a submission. He's only plus 405 inside the distance, so you can't expect a finish. But, you know, he put up 87 points and 96 points in his last two decision wins. I think for 7.7K against an opponent with cardio and defensive grappling deficiencies, Matthews is a decent salary target, saves you plenty of money. Again, I will be spreading out my exposure in this range. I like fighters like Emiev, who can land takedowns, Kyung Ho Kong, who can land takedowns, Liang Na, and there's even fighters priced below them who will be popular. So uh, it's not like I'm locking and loading and only putting blinders on for Jake Matthews, but I'm kind of trying to fade the hype on on Fialo a little bit coming off those two KO wins. I think this is a decent stylistic matchup for Matthews, assuming he can survive the early exchanges, and I'll be taking flyers on him at 7.7K on DraftKings this week. Finally, my fade of the week. This is going to come as a surprise to a lot of people, maybe. It's going to be Zhang Wiley at 8.8K, and truthfully, I just think she's one of the worst DraftKings targets in the 8k range and that's why I'm I'm choosing her. There's a lot of fighters who I you know I don't love Manel Cop, I don't love Sungwoo Choi, but they really do have first round KO upside and it would be foolish of me to just say fade them. Whereas 
Zhang Weili is now in a three-round fight against Ioanni on Jacek. She's minus 165 to win. She's only plus 315 to win inside the distance. Um, I just don't project her to score very well in a decision, and I think the most likely outcome for her is a decision win. She attempted eight takedowns against Joanna the first fight, only landed one of them. I don't project her to wrestle very well against Joanna this time, who defends takedowns historically very, very well at, at uh, 81%, scrambles up well. So I think we're going to see very limited success from Zhang Weili on the ground. The volume will be there, but in a three-round fight, uh, the first time these girls fought, Wiley landed, I think, 90 significant strikes, 30 in round one, 20 in round two, and 38 in round three, so that's 68, 88 significant strikes in three rounds. Just doing quick math uh, on my phone here, that would be a DraftKings score of 65.2 in a decision, or 70 if she lands one takedown. That That is not enough at 8.8K. And furthermore, I, th I think she's going to be popular. You know, because people aren't going to jump to Sungwoo Choi or Mano Kopp or Jocelyn Edwards or Silvana Gomez Juarez, people are going to look to the names on a public slate like Yuri Prochaska, who makes sense. I don't know if Zhang Weili makes a lot of sense, especially at a potentially high ownership at 8.8K. A decision win, her scoring 75, 80, 85 points is not going to be enough. She needs probably 95 to 100 or more to have a shot at the optimal lineup in this matchup. Inside distance line doesn't rate out well, plus 315, and it could even be worse than that. She basically needs to stand in KO Yunjaychuk to win this fight inside the distance. That's my opinion. I don't think that fight. I don't think that outcome, although possible, I don't think that outcome is exceptionally high percentage compared to the ownership. I'm definitely looking to be underweight on Zhang Weili this week, and I'm going to call her my fate of the week at 8.8K. All right, guys, thank you for the support. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, at Brad Appley, double T, double P, dailyfanmma.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. Just about to post all 12 breakdowns for the fights this week, projections, rankings, multiple hours of podcasts coming at you on the site. Once again, dailyfanmma.com. Even have a summer promotion if you want to sign up. Eight weeks, eight events, taking us through July 30th. You can find more information on my Twitter account, at BradAppleyDoubleTWP. Thank you. Best of luck in your contest this week. Take care. Stay safe. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody.